In this episode, Indonesian satay with a dash of Mexican in LA, keeping a family tradition alive and connecting with people one bamboo skewer at a time, and much more. Today, we are talking with Ian Klaproth. Together with his cousin Stephanie, his business partner, they do some serious grilling at public and private events in Southern California. The title of this episode is Indonesian Satay in Los Angeles. Ian, thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Cool to have you. I'm really excited because today we are talking about one of my favorite foods on a stick. Satay, spelled S-A-T-A-Y in the U.S. and S-A-T-E in Indonesian and Malay spelling. Let me tell you, there is nothing more delicious than satay fresh of the grill. When the skewers of seasoned meats are hot, juicy, and infused with the slightly smoky flavor of smoldering charcoal. And, of course, served with a spicy peanut sauce. Mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Satay has been listed at number 14 on the world's 50 most delicious foods, a reader's poll compiled by CNN Go some years ago. Ian, do you dream of satay? I dream of satay probably every night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I did figures. I thought if that's your major business, it must pop up in your sleep as well, right? Oh, man. It, it almost haunts me. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> good. You'll still be skewering in the middle of the night. Oh, man. Let me ask you, in your opinion, what is the greatest misconception about satay? The greatest misconception? Hmm. Well, people are not very familiar with satay. Uh, a lot of people refer to like shish kebabs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I have to correct people. They're like, oh, what is this? It's like a shish kebab. And I have to explain, well, it's very similar. You know, it's like meat on a stick, but this is sate. So it's Indonesian like barbecue skewers. All right. That's very true. I have the same problem, uh, especially um, when you go to a Thai restaurant. And when I ask some people that are familiar with Thai cuisine or Malay, Malay cuisine, they say, yeah, that's from Malaysia or Thailand. And they claim it as their own. So especially here in the U.S., that's the assumption. But satay, as you may know, is originally from the island of Java in Indonesia, and it moved up the peninsula over time. And, and I think we need to reclaim it. Don't you agree? I agree. Yes, sir. All right. Farther back in time, I did some reading on this. Satay was developed by Japanese street vendors as an adaptation of Indian kebabs brought by Middle Eastern Muslim traders. From the island of Java, satay spread throughout the archipelago of Nusantara that produces a wide range of varieties of satay. At the end of the 19th century, satay had crossed the Strait of Malacca to Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand, brought by Javanese and Maduris migrants who started trading satay in the neighboring country. Mm, interesting. Uh, what I read, I miss quote you maybe, but you correct me if I'm wrong. You said in an interview once about satay, quote unquote, honestly in Indonesia, it's leftover meat. Is that true that you said that? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Where did you get that uh, from? Um, I honestly, I think I saw it on a, a YouTube video and it kind of stuck to me and it kind of makes sense because I know like a lot of like dishes, um, come from like leftover foods, like nasi yeah. goreng, for example, like I heard that like a lot of leftover meat, they would put it on nasi goreng. Yeah, yeah. And I also heard that like leftover meat, they would put it on sticks, which yeah. is the satay. 
That's interesting that you say that. In my research, I haven't found anything about satay made out of scrap meat or leftover meat. I mean, in some families or instances, that might be the case. But uh, if you read up on the uh, origins of satay, they're not talking about uh, scrap or leftover meat. I would say don't believe everything you see on YouTube. Okay. Now, if you have the leftover meat from making satay, then you can put that in your nasi goreng the next morning and have it for breakfast. How about it? Okay, great. Sate. Okay, before we talk more about these delights on a stick, let's talk about you first. Uh, where were you born and where do you live? Um, so I was born in Los Angeles, California, in West Covina. Um, I grew up in La Puente, so La Puente is where the city that my parents met. All right. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the basics where I'm from. Cool. And why and how did you get started in the food business and why satay? Um, so honestly, I've, I never like growing up, I never thought I was going to be a chef or be in the food okay. business. Um, so I think, um, just like going to events and festivals, I would see, you know, vendors selling food, you know, they would sell hot dogs, they would sell burgers, nachos, very simple things. And you know, I just would think like, wow, like, you know, I can create something and, you know, probably rep replicate it and maybe do something better. And so you know, over the over the course of time, I just, it just kind of struck to me, well, you know, like, I'm Indonesian, and you know, what's not very common is sate, like no one knows what sate is. All right. So I uh, contacted my Oma, and then you know, she, she invited me over and she taught me the recipes and the basic, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the basic recipes to our to the family's uh, sate recipes. So mm -hmm. I started do I started practicing the recipes, I cooked for my family, I cooked for my friends. You know, we had small barbecues, and then one thing led to another. Um, I got in contact with Michael from SoCal Indos. Yeah. And um, I believe it was in 2018. Yeah. Um, he had the uh, Dutch Indo Festival. At in, the Avio. Um, at the yeah. Avio. Yes, sir. And um, that was our first festival. I had no experience. I just had the recipe and a tent with some tables, and I had a few family members who were willing to help me. Sweet. And so the day of the festival, um, let's say about two, three hours later, I was sold out. Isn't that amazing? Yes, sir. So that's that's when it took off, right? Yeah. After that, I just it just struck me. I was like, wow, like, I think I have something here. And then you know, it just started building from there. That's how it goes. Yeah. And we were happy to welcome you at our uh, Holland Festival, the uh, annual um, Holland Festival that we have now for more than thirty years at the Long Beach uh, Park Police Park in. Uh, in Long Beach, Gemrick Park, and you were sold out there too. Yes, um, that was an actual really crazy day for us. We weren't expecting it to be that busy. I think also like in like two, like three, four hours in the festival, we were already sold out. Oh, okay. So make sure because we're gonna have another one, the Dutch, the annual Dutch Kings Day, May first, yes, in the same park, and expect over a thousand people. Yes, we will definitely be better prepared. We have a better setup. Our tent size is bigger. So I think we'll definitely be able to keep up with the volume this time. Glad to hear that. We don't want to disappoint people. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. So uh, who inspired you or who's your idol in the satay business? Um, there, there's a lot of inspiration. I, it's very hard. I can't really pinpoint it. But if I, if I had to choose one person, it would be my Oma. Okay, cool. 
Oma gets the credit. Oh. Oma, uh, yeah, she has to get the credit. Does she still cook? She, not so much. She very lightly, you know, um, she's getting older now, so she's she cooks very just small within herself. But she likes to eat, right? Oh, absolutely. That's a good sign. Yes, and sir. you got Oma's secret recipe. That's great. You, mm. uh, you carry on the family tradition. That's great. Yes, sir. Yeah. So... What is it you do now in terms of the satay business? You go to events. What else? Yes. Yeah, so right now we are just doing a lot of pop-ups. So like breweries, uh, private events, catering. And uh, right now we just okay. partnered up with Uber Eats. So we, we okay. will be starting to do uh, deliveries out of our pop-ups. Right. So where do you put your pop-up then for the regular deliveries? Um, so we just started it. So it's going to be like a system where um, – we can literally just um, serve Uber Eats from our pop-ups. So, like, for example, every Fridays we are at Progress on Main Street in El Monte. We have a residency there, so we'll pop up there, and then we we can get orders from there. Um, like, for example, if I want to pop up across the street from my house, I could do Uber Eats um, from there too. So you're doing pop-ups. So basically you can set up uh, anywhere in the street, right, or even across your house. Yes. Um, I've noticed more of these pop-ups uh, since two or three years, like hamburgers, uh, barbecue from Brazil, and what have you. Has mm. the law changed? Um, so I'm realizing it like LA is more accepting to like vendor pop-ups, so it's becoming like a trend. Like I've, I'm seeing more pop-ups, more vendors. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's just a thing right now. I think people, it's an interesting thing. People are bored of restaurants. People are bored of McDonald's. So, like, I think people are more willing to try something a little that's different. Cool. And that's why, like, you, you're seeing a lot more pop-ups. Um, I'm seeing them a lot more in L.A. I think L.A., um, they specifically allow vendors to pop up. So that's why I think, uh, you know, okay. there's a lot of vendors that you see now. So in your town, you got a permit for this? Do you need a special permit for that? Um. Uh, you know what? It's a gray area. I think every city is a little oh. different. Um, some cities don't mind it, and some cities will mind it, and they're going to require you to have a permit. From health department? But, yes, sir. Okay. Food is about culture. Now, your family, where are they from? Um, so my mom was born here, but her family was from Mexico yeah. in a city uh, called Guadalajara. Oh, they sing about that. <laughs> yes. Guadalajara, 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 Guadalajara. And then uh, my, you know, my obviously my Oma and Opa are from Indonesia. My dad was born in Jakarta. Yeah. Um, and so they migrated to Holland. No, they left. They left Indonesia to Holland in 1964. Uh huh. And then from Holland. They were there for four years, and they moved to America in 1968. Okay. So, and your dad was also born in Indonesia. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, that's interesting. You know, I know some people uh, of Indo-Dutch heritage uh, who married Mexican uh, partners. And uh, do you know why that is? Mm, to be honest, I do not know. But I've been told that... Uh, Mexican and people of Indonesian heritage have similar facial traits and traits in general. They both like hot and spicy food. Am I correct? Yes, that is very true. They like to party. They're very family oriented. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, oh, yes. That's why we love Mexicans. 
Anyway, so that makes you. What <laughs> does that make you? Indo-American, Dutch, Mexican? Um, I think so. I've never, I've never really thought about it that far. Indo-Mex. Okay, that would be interesting. <laughs> what culture? <laughs> what culture do you identify with the most? Um. Okay. So I. So my first language was actually Spanish. No way. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, Jeff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't apologize. Um. Um, so, I mean, and then, you know, living out here in La Puente, you know, LA, you're, you're surrounded by majority, you know, Mexican culture. Yeah. So growing up, you know, I, I identified myself more Mexican. Um, and my dad throughout the years, he became more Westernized. He doesn't speak any, uh, Indonesian or Dutch. So, you know, it was very Westernized at the house, but, you know, I feel like I, I wanted to get closer to like, you know, the Dutch culture or my Indonesian culture. Okay. Um, and so that's that's part of the inspiration why I started the business to you know yeah. get more familiar with the recipes yeah. and honestly it's it's a learning experience that's for right. me. Yeah, we every every day we learn, uh, but it's a it's a journey, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. A tasty journey. Now your dad does he speak <laughs> um, Dutch? Or uh, when he was raised, did they speak Dutch at home? Because that was the, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so my oma is fluent yeah. in Dutch. Your opa was too, right? Yes. Okay. So it's funny because um, that you um, go to your Indonesian side of your heritage, multicultural heritage, and uh, because the food is better than uh, just plain Dutch, meat and potatoes. I would do that too. That's what I did. <laughs> so what's your connection with the Netherlands then? Um, I've never visited, but I still have a lot of family. I have a cousin in Rotterdam. Oh, cool. And then I have cousins all throughout, like, all throughout the Netherlands. Right. Do they come out uh, here to visit you guys? Yes, okay. they do. Have you been to Indonesia? <laughs> yes, I have. I went back in 2018 for the first time. You went back for the first time. I like that because, you know, I would say the same thing because you're raised with memories of Indonesia or the former Dutch East Indies of your grandparents. And then you go there and you start feeling a little bit at home there or a sense of belonging because you grew up with the stories. Did that work for you as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I went, when I visited Indonesia, if I just had connected with the land and with the people, with the food, yeah. it just felt like normal. It felt right. Interesting, eh? And what about Mexico? Um, so I actually lived in Mexico for two years. Wow, where? Guadalajara? Um, I, I think Leon is in Guadalajara, oh. if I'm not mis okay. mistaken. Cool. Yes. You have, of course, you have relatives there too, right? Um, I believe oh. I do. My mom's my mom's a very distant oh. person, so I don't think we're very close to the family members in okay. Mexico. Okay. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I have family out do there. They does your mom like mm -hmm. Indonesian food? Yeah, she loves Indonesian food. Indonesian Mexican, you know, we have Calmex, California Mexican, and we there's Tex-Mex, mm. uh, there's Indo-Dutch, but there's Indo-Mex. That would be interesting. Well, actually, in my in my second cookbook in the Netherlands, I have uh, Indo burrito, and uh, I put in that burrito like a breakfast burrito, a little bit uh, the leftovers from the previous evening, like uh, some goreng bones, mm. string beans, and with beef and rice, and roll it up, and some chili sauce, sambal ulak. There you go. Ooh, sounds good. Indomax for you. Yeah, we actually have a uh, sauté taco on our menu. Tell us about it. 
So yeah, it's a it's a it's our barbecued skewer. So we prefer pork. Okay. Um, it's cooked cooked on the grill just like how how we usually cook it, and then um we dice it up, mm. and then we get a flour tortilla. We put it we put the meat on there. We put cabbage on top, and then we have a house made curry serrano dressing that we make. Boy. And then we also top it off with the house made peanut sauce. Mm. Um, and then a side of sambal. Wow, how's that uh, going? Yeah. Everyone loves it. I'm not just mm. saying that. Honestly, I was so surprised by the positive feedback, but everyone raves about it. On the menu, what else is there that you haven't mentioned yet? Just let's uh, let's go over the menu. What's on there? Sure. So we do have a very short menu, um, but right now, of course, we have the pork satay, we have the chicken satay, and we also have tofu. Oh. Um, yes. And then, uh, like I said, we do have our um, our satay tacos. And then we uh, sometimes we do serve uh, our uh, nasi goreng. The nasi goreng, do you make that from leftover satay? Um, I do not. So it's not scrap meat for your nasi goreng. Uh, no, sir. We use bacon. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I would love to taste some of that stuff that you have. I like to try your taco. How do you call it? Uh, the satay taco. Satay taco. Cool. All right. Uh, what do you like most? Um, like for my menu or just generally? Yeah. Uh, from your menu, uh, you can't. I can't go wrong with the uh, the pork yeah. satay. Yeah. Hey, and uh, what do you like best uh, in general? I uh, to be basic, I love pizza. Pizza, very simple. Oh, you could do a satay pizza. Yeah, interesting. I actually never thought about that. There you go. <laughs> There's no end to this. You know. There is no end. That's the cool thing about fusion. You can you you know you just experiment and combine and merch and see what happens next and before you know it like with your taco you got a winner exactly okay so um anything you serve with the satay yes so the our plates come with four skewers two scoops of white rice mm -hmm. it comes with the uh, coleslaw and it's topped off with the house made curry serrano dressing um it's, it comes with a side of krupuk onion garnishes and cucumber oh. yeah the krupuk is a good thing do people know about this because you can't get that at a thai food restaurant uh, Krupuk? Yeah, do they understand what it is? Um, I have to explain it. People don't know. People are always like, oh, what is that, a chip? I'm like, oh, it's Krupuk, so it's an Indonesian shrimp chip. Yeah. And um, people are skeptical, but once they try it, they fall in love. Isn't that great? Because you're trying something new, and you're being served something new, and then you tell the story, and then they'll keep coming back, I hope. No, yeah. I mean, I've over the past two years of doing this, I mean, that's that's all I've seen is people try and they come back, they come back. And it's it's honestly still surprises yeah. me. What What is this big event, this Asian event? Oh, the 626 Night Market. Oh, yeah. What Do you go to the 626 Night Market? Yes. So we got we had our first 626 Night Market uh, a couple months ago in Orange County. How was that? It was good. It was uh, busy. Good. We made a lot of people. Uh, but it was fun, you know, uh, just another event. Yeah. So is it tough to get on the list? Um, or how do you get on the list? So we, we just reach out, but I think because, you know, we have something very specific and I think it, it's easier for us to get into those events because, you know, uh, Indonesian food is generally just not very common. Anyway, what's your favorite Indonesian dish besides satay? My favorite Indonesian dish, I would say, hmm. <laughs> I like, honestly, right now, I would say our, my, the nasi goreng. Nasi goreng. Can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with that, yeah. Fried rice. So yeah, good. it's in the top 10 of the most popular staples in Indonesia. Well, what 
what do you like the most of your current job? Hmm. I really enjoy networking and networking, talking to people, sharing something different. Um, and just like enlightening people, you know, giving something different to people and like really seeing like their reaction after you tell them a story or you see them, you know, enjoying their food. Um, just connecting with people. I just really enjoy that process. Okay. And uh, what's your, your vision for the future? My vision for the future, I would like for Satile to be operating on its own. Um, at some point, I would like to have a brick and mortar, okay. and then have a have a full have a full bar. Okay. Um, but that's that's something that I would like to manifest somewhere down the line. Now, what about the kitchen space in downtown LA called the Locals Only? What's that? Oh yeah, so um, that is our prep kitchen, and um, we also could do pop ups out there. Um, Michael, the owner of Locals Only, he's a really great guy, and he's helped us out tremendously. Yeah. So do you uh, prep for all your events or, or, or only the things that are in the neighborhood of that? No, we, we prep for everything. We come now to the segment where our guest shares a culinary tidbit or a recipe with our listeners. What is it going to be, Ian? Um, I would be happy to share my Oma's Nasi Gordon recipe. Okay. Um, well, we can talk about it a little briefly, or you can send us the recipe with a picture, and I will post. Sure, it. I could just briefly go over it. Um, so just generally, one cup of rice. Um, I know people like to use like day old rice. Okay. But in my personal experience, I like to use like fresh cooked rice. I think it cooks easier on the walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I use you know maybe about two tablespoons of uh, ve- vegetable oil. And then I like to, like I said, my Oma um, adds bacon. So we throw about three to four slices of bacon, a quarter or one and one and four cups of diced onion, and then about uh, probably like one or two teaspoons of soy sauce. What else am I forgetting? And then, oh, and then maybe about uh, three or four cloves of uh, garlic diced up. All right. Okay. And you serve that with? Uh, oh, and we do serve it with the fried egg on top. Aha. It's matasapi or chiplo, as we say. Okay. Sunny side up? Yes. Well, um, is there anything that you wish to share for the near future? Where are you going to be next? Um, so, I am looking for a King's Day, May 1st. That's great. We have you down, and uh, that's going to be exciting. Yes. Don't forget to wear a little bit of orange because we're celebrating the king of the house of orange. Absolutely. I will I will All make right. sure to have everyone wear a little bit of orange. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, Ian, uh, it was a pleasure having you uh, on the podcast here at our virtual table, the rice table. Uh, thank you, Ian, for sharing your passion. If people want to interact with you, how can they best find you? Um, so, best way to find us, um, it's either Instagram, Sate underscore LA. Uh, we do have a website, satellite.com. Uh, our calendar is posted on there. And if you want to follow us, um, just go on the calendar and it's uh, updated weekly. Um, we also do catering if you guys are interested. But um, yeah, all, our, all of our information is on our website. Satellite. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. Ian, thank you so much. Happy schooling. 
and uh, and grilling and uh, and I wish you lots of success and I hope to see you before the King's Day to try some of your of, of your satay taco or taco satay and a little bit of your fried rice almost recipe and I say see you next time thank you Jeff blessings same to you to participate in this discussion, connect with me on Instagram at Jeff Keysberry and look for this episode. Or find more episodes on my website, cookingwithkeysberry.com forward slash the Rice Table Podcast. Or find me on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you liked it, please come back for more. Production by yours truly, music composed by David Cutter and Sate Song by Tan Sri P. Ramli. Bye bye.